Sitting down with a fresh guest each week. Someone who shares the same kayak fishing passion that runs through our veins. We're talking kayak anglers, kayak companies, lure experts. Heck, anyone who's got a story to tell about landing the big ones from a kayak. We're setting our sights on becoming the number one kayak fishing podcast in the world. You'll get a chuckle, a grin, and hey, maybe even a belly laugh. Because we believe in the power of humor. But above all, we're here to educate and inspire. So, whether you're a seasoned kayak angler or just dipping your toes into this exhilarating world, join us on the Kayak Fishing Obsessed Podcast. It's time to reel in adventure, camaraderie, and the joy of the catch. Here's your host, Darren Wendell. Hey guys, welcome to episode number 42 of the KFO show, Kayak Fishing Obsessed. If you love kayak fishing, fishing in general, you are in the right place. Tonight, I have Andy, the bearded paddler on tonight, and we're going to be talking about the best fishing kayaks of 2023. And we're going to break this down by a ton of different categories. Best, you know, kayak under $1,000, best pedal kayak, paddle kayak, motor kayak, because he kind of brings a unique perspective, is which I wanted to bring, why I wanted to bring him on the show. He also got a YouTube channel, the whole deal. And so if you're live, bring your questions, especially if you're thinking about getting into a new kayak or potentially upgrading a kayak. So that's going to be awesome. If you're listening in for the podcast, thank you so much. I would love to hear from you. And so please reach out to me via Instagram, via YouTube. I would love to hear that you're out there. There's not a really great way for you to like make comments on the podcast itself. As you can probably notice, I am not in my studio. I am on the road. I'm down here in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, for those of you listening in only on the podcast, I have my travel mic with me. And so it doesn't sound nearly as good as the one that is permanently attached to my studio desk. And so I apologize a little bit, but it doesn't sound as good as it usually does. But enough of all that stuff. Let's go ahead and bring Andy over from the green room. Andy, welcome to the show, brother. How you doing? Hey, how's it going? It's going. It's going good. I am tired. I just got done <laughs> driving four and a half hours and traffic and my eyes are tired but you know what i'm pumped about this conversation because you manage one of the largest kayak retail stores in the country and i believe that you have a unique perspective to bring to the table and so everybody start thinking about all the questions you ever want to ask anybody someone who actually sells them day to day um, to consumers who come in who have a lot of questions we'll be diving in there a little bit but let's back out from that we'll circle back on that in a little bit but um, one, I'm insanely jealous of your beard. For those of you on the podcast, a um, lot larger and fuller and thicker than mine. So that's freaking awesome. Second, <laughs> why why YouTube? How'd you get into that? And tell me tell me a little bit of your story and background. So that's an interesting question. So I never, never in a million thought I'd be doing this personally. Um, so I've been, I mean, first of all, I've been fishing from uh, a small paddle boat since I was a kid, I uh, grew up right here in North Arkansas on the Buffalo River, uh, you know, old aluminum flat bottom boat with the two oars. And just, I grew up bank fishing. And the first time I got, um, the first time I got in just a simple watercraft, got that out on the water and I was able to access some different areas that mm-hmm. I wouldn't normally able to get to, it just changed my whole perspective on it. Uh, what got me into YouTube was getting started in the you know, the paddle industry working uh, in retail, uh, the first thing that I would get 
uh, you know, of course, when someone comes in the store, typically about 75% of our customers are beginners. They've never been in it. They, they might've saw a video on YouTube and some of the information out there was just not the best. Um, I feel like there's a lot of things out there. I mean, there's a million things out there, but some <laughs> of it, it's just maybe some AI videos of somebody trying to sell you something. Um, you know, there's always a lot of lists out there, you know, top 10, this top 10, that, yeah, and yeah. there's no real knowledge or insight behind it. And, uh, you know, when we come, when someone comes in, the, you know, of course, none of our, none of our workers are commission based. So okay. uh, I feel like it, it's the best way to go about getting someone in the right boat for the right price. Uh, so the first questions we ask them is, you know, what kind of water are you floating on? Is it rivers? Is it lake? Are you fishing? Is it recreational floating? And what's your yep. budget? What, you know, what, what's the ceiling there? Um, but then they'll say, you know, Hey, I saw this on YouTube and they, they were, you know, that someone was doing this. And then it was just like, well, that's not safe or <laughs> that's not true. So I was like, well, I've got access to all of this great product. Right. Why not do just information purpose? Um, I started doing it in February and it just kind of took off. It kind of snowballed from there. And oh, this year. Yes. Yeah. Hey, you already got like five, 6,000 subs. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 been wild. It's been wild. Um, and in the company I work for, we have five different stores. And my boss found out about it through, I guess, customers on the other end of the state uh, coming in from Oklahoma, saying, "Hey, uh, we watched this video, this bearded paddler guy," and I guess they had got on it and saw it was me. So because yeah. I kind of did it on the side, just saying, "Hey, you know, just in information, non-biased." Because again, I'm not selling anything online or anything, so uh, it was just meant for like just to have a library of just review, you know, kind of bow to stern, just you know, overview of what's on these kayaks. Because there's so many options, um, and I got started, you know, watching Chad, uh, watching oh, yeah. I think the first video of you I watched was the uh, the DIY, the first DIY uh, keel guard. Oh, okay. My first fishing kayak was a new canoe, and. Of course, All right have a, you know, a keel guard. I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, that might be something I want to look into and then watch some more of your videos, watch some of Chad's videos. And, uh, and that's where you got all your ideas about all the, all the, the bad information coming no. out that people brought into. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a lot of stuff out there. And honestly, it started around COVID um, because the industry blew up and you started seeing a lot of these, um, and I'm not by any means throwing shade on anybody. It's it's mostly uh, there's a lot of pop up. I call them pop up companies, companies you never heard of before COVID. And of course, the outdoor industry, you know, the RV industry, the kayaking industry, uh, really blew up during that time. So a lot of these companies started just rotomolding a kayak or uh, thermoforming, you know, the two piece construction of kayak, uh, outsourcing it from overseas. And getting into that, you saw just a, the market flooded with just all of these options and just a way to kind of filter through it on what's quality, what's worth your money and what's not. Because, oh, uh, you know, I, I go through Facebook groups all the time. I don't comment on a lot of it, but I see a lot of questions. And usually what it is, is it, it always starts the same way. And it's almost comical where <laughs> someone will get on there and say, hey, I'm new to the new to the kayak fishing and what's the best first kayak? And then oh, they just, they don't know oh. what's coming at them. They're going to get flooded. <laughs> and what it is, is it's whoever, whoever's trying to sell something. So pro staff guys, and oh, I saw yeah. a little bit uh, that you and Chad talked about, which I thought was great. Um, <laughs> pro staff guys will get in there. And then also anybody that's in a kayak, they'll just start spitting out their, 
whatever kayak they're in right now. Right. And you'll get things from lifetime, you know, Walmart kayaks all the way up to Hobie pro anglers. And nobody even knows what kind of water they're on or what they're even wanting to do or what their budget is. So it, um, I feel for the beginner out there. Um, I really do. Even from, uh, my profession standpoint, not just YouTube. Uh, yeah. There's so much information and it muddies the water so much that it causes more questions and answers. Mm. Well, that's a problem because yeah. a lot of us who go out there starting a channel hope to clarify. Absolutely. Cause more, more questions. And I mean, I'm sure some people do it better than others, but what, what would you say top three most confusing people come into your store? Like, hey, I've I've watched because my local store falls outdoors. He, he I was having a conversation with him once. He said people come in with binders, like two years of research that they have yes. done. I mean, like they're getting ready to spend a thousand, two, three, four, five, some six thousand dollars some cases, and they have done their research and they're ready to buy. But some people just walk in the door like, hey, I want to I want to get I want to get started. And I've done some research, but I'm really confused. I got so many more questions. I have answers. What are the top three like things that people are hearing out there on YouTube that you are like just incorrect? Um, stability. Uh, the number oh, one man. thing that pe confuses people is stability. Everyone is so concerned with stability, and they uh, it's just knowing the difference between say a primary and a secondary stability. Um, and again, Chad did a really good video on kayak stability where I thought he explained it really well on primary and secondary and why it's not good to go full on primary, how it's good to have a little bit of a looser, looser secondary stability. Um, Cause that's usually the first question I get asked when someone comes in is, is this kayak stable? I don't want to fall out. Yeah. Can I stand up and fish from this? And that's really tricky because it depends on the person. Um, you ever go to like South Florida or see any of those boats and you'll see like guys standing on the tips of those things. So when the surf oh, yeah. is so choppy and I can't even stand up straight and he's out there not even holding on to anything, your sea legs matter. Um, obviously the more you do it, uh, the, the better you're going to get at it. But sure. uh, there's so many people that they'll watch a video and uh, they'll have someone doing like a you know stability test or something. And they say, oh, well, OK, I'm just going to go out and buy this because some people have no budget. Uh, they're retired. They're just you know, they just sold their fifty thousand dollar bass boat. And it's like, hey, yep. kayaking, let's do it. <laughs> and, and so they'll get out there and they'll watch a couple of YouTube videos or some of them, like you said, will watch a lot and a lot. Uh, I was one of those people. I'm a researcher. I like yeah. to know what I'm doing or know what I'm talking about before I do it. I'm not really impulsive in that way. So I did a lot of research before I bought my first kayak. And then when I got into a store and actually saw it and sat down in it, I realized, yeah. okay, I hate this thing. Like it, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't comfortable and all this okay. stuff I saw, like how it paddles and how great it is doing this. And I sat in it and I was like, okay, I'm uncomfortable. So I'm looking at the wrong kayak. Do you remember um, what that was? Yeah. Um, it was uncomfortable for you. So every, yeah, yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm six, five at the time I was about two eighty. Um, okay. So I was a bigger guy and I was looking at the, Oh, what was it? <laughs> I, I was in a budget at the time. So I was looking at the perception tribe nine, five had no okay. idea what I was looking at. So I saw, Oh, it's got a frame back seat. And any kayak that you look at, there's always going to be a video out there of someone just with a glowing review of it and then just researching it. It's, you know, it's US made, it's roto molded. It kind of checks some of the boxes. And I sat in it and I'm like, okay, this is not what I really need. 
Um, the suspension frame seat kind of spoke to me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you know, we bought our kayaks. So we spent a little bit more uh, than we were intended on, but we felt better for that long term. So that's why I'm so big on quality. Um, I, I'm just to me, I go by the saying, buy your second kayak first, uh, okay. even if it takes. I like it. Yeah, even if it takes a little bit more time. So if someone's got maybe that five hundred dollar budget, there's nothing wrong with waiting a couple of months, adding a couple hundred dollars to that. Um, to my opinion, I think in that six hundred five to six hundred dollar range, just going one hundred hundred fifty dollars more than that really kind of gets you into a different kind of stratosphere of of kayak, whether you're recreation or uh, just fishing. And you know, hey, if you're just using it once every great once in a while, it's still worthwhile. Whether you're just planning on, you know, hey, I just want to see if I like it because right. resale is a big thing. You may hate it. I doubt it if you're in the right kayak, but right. you may hate it. And then you can sell it on the market, get close to what you paid for it. And then you're, I said, you're, you're, you're no worse for wear on that. Yeah. So Ken over here in the comments, he asked, uh, what's considered budget? When you say budget, uh, frame that. So me. to me, now when you're talking about fishing kayak, that's kind of tricky. Um, yeah, well, I'm, well, I'm always the belief that you there. can fish out of any kayak, but um, honestly, to me, anything under $500, I would consider budget. Um, when you get below $300, you're almost getting into disposable range. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, if it's, you know, do you want to, you want to buy the disposable kayak or do you want to buy something that's going to last you a little bit longer? Uh, and I understand budget's a thing. So I'm, I'm never going to be one to tell someone how to spend their money, but m- my job's usually to tell people why it's beneficial just to spend just a little bit extra, um, mm. On, in our store, or the way I've got everything arranged, when you walk in the door, you're starting with the most inexpensive and then it goes up from there. So it allows people to see kind of what an extra hundred or $150 gets you. And you know, usually it's the seat. Um, mm. you, you can go over storage options. You can go over things like that. But when you start going up in budget, that's usually when your seat gets a little bit better, a little bit okay. more adjustable, um, adjustable foot pegs versus molded foot pegs. Um, you know, you start getting a little bit more comfort features and some storage features as well. Well, really quick, I'm curious. So walk me through your store. Like I just did a video called, you know, what's the difference between a $50 and a $250 rod and yeah. kind of walk us through the store. You're you're looking at and give us price ranges, like one to 500, you see this. Whenever you usually go for five to seven, you usually see this. Walk us all the way up. Like sure. Walking us sure. Through the store. So when you, when you walk in the store, the first thing you see is the perception, um, kind of lower end, just wreck basic kayaks, uh, maybe what I call a bridge kayak. So for youth to, you know, between youth and adult, um, those are going to range anywhere from $400 and up. Uh, and you're talking about the perception rambler, the tribe nine five. Um, and then when you get plastic seats, right? Yeah. Um, you, you got a little bit more of that molded gel pad seat, but it's very, it's basically a, uh, a sticky pad on top of a, you know, a, a molded plastic seat. <laughs> you got it. And then when you get a little bit more than that, then you're starting to get into like the Pescador Pro from Perception, which the frame seat. And, and in my opinion, the Pescador Pro is probably the best value in kayak fishing. Um, just because it's, it's under that thousand dollar price point, you can get it in a 10 and a half, 12 foot, you know, it, it kind of checks a lot of boxes. Uh, the Tarpon 100 from Wilderness Systems always been a staple of the, the kayak industry. The problem right now that you're seeing is price point. So okay. 
what used to be $700 is now $1,100. Oh, uh, the last two or three years has really kind of seen the prices go up exponentially. And you've seen what used to be popular. You've seen a lot of competition around it kind of come up around it. And as that boat gets higher in price, you've got competitors making boats with more features at a lesser price point. So, and I'm not talking about blowing it out of the water. Uh, a $500 kayak is just not going to compare to a $1,000 kayak, and it shouldn't. Uh, but, you know, the the Tarpon 105 used to, you know, that, that's that been the, the probably the number one selling kayak in our area for decades. Really? And now, instead of it being $699 or $799, now it's $1,119. It's doubled. Yeah. And in how many years? Um, I believe it was eight ninety nine in twenty twenty one. Okay, and then you you know, and even even Jackson Kayak has gone. You know, a lot of kayaks have had to go up, but then you started to see that kind of plateau, and some of them have even scaled back. Uh, I know Jackson has reduced their their MSRP on a couple of their kayaks. Um, hmm. Bonafide actually went down a little bit on some of their kayaks. I know, I think the SS the the SS one twenty seven and the one oh seven both went down. Yeah. I think 50 bucks uh, for 2023 from the previous year. So I think some manufacturers might have overestimated because the reason why is plastic, it's petroleum based. So when your oil prices went crazy there a couple of years ago, your raw materials, plus you're paying more people to do the, you know, you pay more for people to do the same job. And then yeah. some people you're paying a new person to do it. So you saw, you started to see some quality issues, nothing bad, but just, we might've got some stuff in, they were missing some screws and some bolts or, you know, people just trying to rush and rush and get this stuff out because the, the demand was so high and the supply was just nowhere near where it needed to be. Huh. Last two years have been a crazy time, specifically 2020 and 2021. Um, the demand was so high. Everybody had a stimulus check just so everyone had like $1,300 burning a hole in their pocket. And, you know, they heard this kayak stuff and, uh, I know, and where where I work specifically, my location, we can carry anywhere from thirteen hundred to fourteen hundred kayaks, and Jeez. we got down to we got down to eight. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and we're talking That's MSRP crazy. only. We couldn't discount anything because we couldn't replace what we're selling. We didn't know when the new the next trucks were coming in, and everybody was just having a hard time keeping up with that. That is wild. Absolutely wild. Here, we got yeah. a bunch of questions back here. I got a ton of questions. Um, let me see here. Uh, Peyton Hatfield, she says, Hey, Andy, just found your channel a few weeks ago. I grew up in Springdale, and my parents still live there. Where is your shop? I'd love to come by. So Springdale, uh, we have five different locations. I work in the Cotter, Arkansas location, which is kind of north, northeast Arkansas. Okay. Um, we have a location over there in Garfield, which is over there by Pea Ridge, which is you know, closer to Rogers area, which is where, where she's close to. And we've also got a new location in Siloam Springs, which they just opened up a whitewater kayak park, kind of a man-made park over there, which we're really excited about. Nice. Awesome. We got Bookman Bass in said, Hey, I got to check out both your guys' YouTube channels. My man, leave from Cincinnati. That's awesome. Lost in tackle. Kind of a question here. He says MacGyverable DIY do it all budget kayak. What's your recommendation if someone comes in and tells you that? Man, um, so my 
And again, you know, I always try not to be biased, but every, we've all got our favorite stuff. Oh, yeah. I absolutely love the new canoe lineup. Um, granted, I it's not what I'd call budget, but when you're talking about a, a wide open deck space kayak with a flat transom on it, um, it gives you a lot more budget friendly options. If you wanted to do like a transom mount motor, um, if you're, you know, you can put the pedal drive on it or you can, I, I saw a, we did a kayak fishing, um, uh, event here a couple of weeks ago at the store. There was a guy that had a Pescador pro, I believe it's a 12 footer and he made his own pedal drive on it. It was wild. Um, I've got it on my shorts feed on my channel, but he'd rigged up a bicycle pedal on the front. He had okay. cables going to the back of it. And then on the back, it had these um, like plexiglass paddles. It looked like an old circular paddle boat on the back of it. And he, he's got video of him just going through there. It's it reminds me of those old uh, those old showboats. You know, the oh, yeah. it's got that big yeah, do, 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 uh, big paddle. Yeah, is exactly like that. Had his own rudder set up back there, and he cut. He was you could tell he he'd, he'd been an engineer or something. He cut all this stuff just really really nice. And I've seen some crazy stuff. Um, I saw someone put a, a Hobie Pro Angler pedal drive. You know, the flipper fins on a canoe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on a and, canoe. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, oh, he was cool. him and his son uh, were engineers and they were they were asking me all these crazy questions. And I'm like, what are you doing here? And he's said, well, I got a canoe and we're wanting to put that on it. I'm like, well, how on earth? And he was telling me about what he was doing. I'm like, that could work, I guess. Um, <laughs> Maybe. They you know, it's not something that. I can <laughs> condone, you know, as far as I don't know. It's hard to say what you can or can't do with something because there's a safe way of doing something and a unsafe way of doing it. But the, some of the setups out there are really ingenious. And that's kind of the, we have, we have sponsored groups, kayak fishing groups that will, will give gear or gift cards to for their uh, kayak tournaments. And so we brought them all together and, you know, so they've got all of their kayak fishing setups all rigged out and Jackson's native bonafide old town. Um, I believe we had a Pelican there too. I mean, except okay. they're, uh, we don't discriminate on that, but uh, man, uh, anything from just the most basic setup to someone's that maybe runs a live scope on it. And I mean, it's, it's gotten crazy and in a good way, but you're starting to see the lines between boat and kayak kind of blurred a little bit. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of people are upset about that. I, I see a lot of people kind of wanting to keep yeah. that line separate and they get, they get like a little vocal about it. Part of me understands that a little bit. So, but my thing that I always tell people is when you're talking about live scope and electronics, it doesn't make a bad fisherman good. It right. makes a good one. Great. Uh, you still, at the end of the day, you still got to know what the, you know, how to read it. And uh, one person that I always watch is Christine Fisher. Yeah. And of course, you know, she's the one that's got like the dual graphs. She was the first one I saw do that. And uh, one of the tournament fishing videos she did, she talked about getting back to reading the graphs maybe because she, she doesn't like video game fishing is what she called it. I thought right. that was really neat because still the your seasoned fisher fishermen are going to still rely on those instincts, you know, yep. looking for cover, looking for bait fish, signs of life, you know, looking for the you know bird life. Um, there was a guy that posted here yesterday. I thought was a really good point. Uh, bird life when he sees birds around there, that's where he goes and fishes at. Huh. Uh, you know, if you see an osprey diving down, or if you see crane, or if you see uh, even you know around here we have bald eagles everywhere. Oh yeah, so, yeah. You know, if you see if you see those around, you know 
they're not going to be there if there's not any fish or any food. So that's usually what I look for is just, you know, wildlife. Uh, yeah. If you see, you know, nothing going on around there, there's probably not a lot of fish around there. Makes sense. Good tips for you. Um, I know I got like a thousand herons on my lake. The problem is there's a thousand of them and they're everywhere. So I can never really pinpoint. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> then you got to watch to see if they're actually eating or not. They're just perched up yeah. there chilling. Yeah. Oh man. Christine Fisher. I've, I've asked her to come on the show a couple of times. So, Hey, if you see one of her videos, like, Hey, aunt, go to your email and go find Wendell fishing uh, <laughs> yeah. invitation to the show. Cause I'd love to have her on. I think it'd be, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming she's pretty busy. Uh, she seems to be, I don't, I don't have any contact with her, but you know, as I said, I'm, I'm a YouTube guy, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of watching content just as much as I am of creating it. Um, and, you know, I, I like to get ideas too. So uh, one thing I've tried to do in the beginning, it, it was just me with my cell phone, just talking about a boat. And then now it's, I've tried to make the videos a little bit more enjoyable. So I'm sort of playing around with a little bit more production, a little bit different angles. Um, I'm, I don't want to get too far into it because I don't, you know, I'm not looking to become a Hollywood director. I'm still looking to get information out there. But uh, yeah. the biggest thing is reaching them, reaching more people, reaching the most amount of people I can. All right. Well, I got to choose your own adventure for you. Uh, I got three questions that mm -hmm. you can choose which one you want. So you talked about quality, right? And so when someone walks into a store, what should they look for? Number two, um, diminishing returns on fishing kayaks. Where does that start in your, in your head? When do you start seeing diminishing returns? So it's like, okay, once you get over a certain dollar amount, for the most part, we're just speaking in generalities here. Yeah. Um, and the third question I forgot, so I'm going to forget about it. So you got to choose your own adventure with two of them. <laughs> so I, I can answer those both really quickly. Um, to me, it's U.S.-made roto-molded kayak. That To me, that's the first and foremost. That should be your starting point. Uh, whether that's a perception kayak or a Hobie kayak, that's really up to what you're doing, what you're wanting to do with it. As far as diminishing returns, you're starting to see a little bit of that now. You're starting to see companies run sales. You're starting to see the used market. The bubble is starting to burst a little bit on the used market because now there's so many kayaks out there. So, uh, and, and I know just from watching uh, watching some of your stuff, uh, I think all of your kayaks have been bought secondhand. All of them, yeah. All, all two of them. And I found one in the river. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but I mean, that's that's what you're seeing now. So you're the, the deal that you're getting is better now on the used market than it was just a couple of years ago because there were people getting over retail for their used kayaks because Whoa, you couldn't buy them. you couldn't buy the new one and you know as long as it was in good shape and there's nothing wrong with it you were getting some crazy stuff now you know if you're looking for a specific kayak there could be eight of them out there mm -hmm. look at you're going to look at the lowest price one so people are constantly just trying to sell that quickly um maybe they watched a video bought a kayak and never took it out and they're just looking to get rid of it uh, oh i bought one of those the guy went out yeah. once and then i got a thousand dollar shave off of it. it was my p127 that's a great kayak by the way it is yeah it really really is i mean there's a couple complaints people have with water coming up to take the scuppers off but it's bone dry if you keep them in and then that tracks yeah. well it's solidly built the pedal drives the boss if you love the propel drive instant reverse man i love that thing it, to me, in my opinion, um, and again, I, I'm not sponsored by anybody. I don't get kickbacks on anything. To me, Big Adventures, which of course is native, bona fide. Um, I just put my crystal ball in front of me. They're going to be the players, in my opinion, here in 2024. Uh, 
the okay. stuff that they're coming, their stuff that they're coming out with is just innovative. Um, I just, um, I filmed a video today. We, we got, we were one of the first people to get our hands on the, the bonafide SKF, the skiff 117, yeah. um, the PWR 129. That is probably my fastest growing video that I did. And I just did the reaction to their unveiling on their website, uh, right. the Titan X you're getting motorization, you're getting, you know, uh, things that are already integrated. So like the, your, your listener asked, the MacGyver effect, it's going to get to where some of these kayaks are made from the factory where you're not having to MacGyver it. Mm. Uh, and I'm talking about, I'm not talking about like accessories you're buying from the company, accessories that you're getting in the aftermarket. It's going to be easier to put that stuff on. You're not going to have to be an engineer to do some of the stuff to these kayaks. They're going to be made to be kind of that Swiss army effect with them. Um, I, you know, I mean, Hobie's still doing their thing. Jackson, uh, I'm, I'm a Jackson fan. I own a Jackson. Um, <laughs> didn't they, sound like it just now. <laughs> yeah. Jackson to me, Jackson is, uh, they're, they're a quality company that is, I think the innovation has kind of starting to pass them by a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping they come up with something a little bit more innovative. Um, I know I put out the videos. They just re-unveiled the, they brought back the big rig FD uh, yep, with the new pedal that. drive. And they brought back the cruise FD, which is a little bit more of a wreck pedal drive kayak. But these are two boats that they've done in the past. So right. the innovation, it, right? You brought back an old design. Yeah, it was very, um, it was very split, which I thought was really interesting because I, I definitely like to gauge uh, comments on my videos, I'm like, are people liking this? Are they not liking it? And it was very, it was split down the middle. It was like Democrats and Republicans there. It was, you know, you got, you know, your Jackson guys, they love it. They love the big rig. And then you got people that were kind of, they were, you had all these teaser videos about the unveiling and, and the blankets coming off. And then it's like, okay, it's the, it's the 89 Toyota Tacoma. You know, it's, <laughs> it's a great, it's a great kayak, but it's got a new seat on it and a new, yeah. It's got a new motor in it, but it's, you know, it, it's, it's a good solid kayak, but it's a value thing now. And that's what a lot of companies are failing to see, I think. So the big reg FD at $39.99, that's a $4,000 kayak. And yeah. you've got the Titan X coming out at $36.99. And that's got the swivel seat. That's got the bow and the stern mount. It's got the power ports. It's got storage. It's got everything. And that's going to be, that's a hard sell to make. And I'm just, you know, somebody's got a lot of money. It matters on to everybody what they're going to spend their money on. If you're putting mm -hmm. that kind of money up, you want something that you can grow into, or if you decide just to keep it bare bones, be happy with it. Uh, yeah, that, that's your second kayak for your first. Yeah, purchase. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, nobody wants to, nobody spends that much money with the thought, well, I'm just going to upgrade it in a year anyway. No, not that money. Like yeah, you're your level thousand and below something they can keep forever, uh, right. whether they do or not. That's one thing, but you know, that's your thought. I was like, well, I'll keep this for a long time. Um, having that kayak sickness, uh, from personal experience, working in the industry does not help that addiction. Uh, I think I've been there. I've been there three years now. I think I've had five. kayaks. So, uh, I'm, you know, I, there's so much coming out year after year. Uh, so many people want to push that envelope. I know old town did the EPDL, oh, yeah. which, you know, time will tell. Uh, it's definitely innovative. Um, but, yeah, that, you know, for sure. Innovative. Yeah. Uh, if somebody is wanting a electronically assisted pedal drive, I don't know. 
Um, I feel like there's a lot of kayak, there's a lot of fishing kayaks out there that are trolling motor ready. And I feel like that's kind of where everyone's going is the trolling right. motor route. Um, and then personally, I would like to see more companies do a lighter throw and go fishing kayak. I think that's kind of where the industry, in my opinion, is going toward is you're starting to see everyone's got these big lake fishing kayaks. Now people are kind of, you know, that might've been in the budget to buy a large Hobie Pro Angler, but then they say, well, that thing's so heavy and I got to buy stuff just to tall it right, around. It. Right. Yeah. And I just, I want to go out on the rivers and creeks a little bit. I want a smallmouth fish. And yeah. you start seeing like Bonafide's RVR, you start seeing Crescent Shoaly, you start, you know, uh, but there's not a lot of those out there. Uh, Jackson used to have it in the Coosa. Uh, so it, I, I think you're going to start to see people starting to, you know, the, the river fishing, you know, uh, river, you know, was it a uh, Creek fishing adventures? That's another oh, one yeah. I'm watching. Uh, you know, people like that kind of put the eyes back on what most of us grew up doing. Uh, most of us didn't grow up fishing from the bank at a large lake. No, it's, you, you know, rivers and creeks creek. and streams and, you know, we have some, we're blessed here. We have some of the most beautiful waterways in the country, I think. Mm. And 75% of our customer base are river and Creek fishing and recreational floaters. So that's kind of, you know, we have large lakes here too. We have two very large lakes within five miles of us. So uh, it's not Lake Gunnersville or anything, but we have Bull Shoals mm. Lake, which is a multi-state lake. And then we have uh, Lake Norfolk right next to it. But you know, when you're talking about rivers and creeks, you're talking about Buffalo River. We have White River here with trout fishing. Uh, there's a lot of benefits to marketing that river and creek fishing kayak. Yeah. Hey, for those of you who are asking questions, I'm going to circle back to this. I had a few things I wanted to promise I that talk we talk a lot. about today. <laughs> so. No, this is great. I love it. You're bringing hundred. You're bringing the the juice. So, I mean, you have such a unique perspective from seeing a lot of buyers answering a lot of questions, seeing a lot of the mis, you know incorrect information out there confusing individuals and so but um i'm coming back around to all these all these questions i'm starring them just let everybody know so keep asking them and we'll i'll circle back but what are some of the questions i have for you so oh man you talked about bonafide and big adventures the umbrella company why do you think why did you choose them at so, as the kayak company to watch they're going to take number one essentially what i heard from you Sure. Um, so Bonafide and Native, of course, to me, Native, that's to me, that's the most durable pedal drive out there. Uh, yes. You've got a marine grade aluminum. And you know that, uh, oh, yeah. you know, it, it's it, it really is durable. Um, they make a heavy duty hull design. So, uh, you know, people when they got lake fishing kayaks, they're they're running them up on the ramps, you know, on the asphalt. And those things are just built like tanks. Uh, but with Bonafide, Bonafide, um, they've always been really popular uh, with, I'm talking about like the SS-127 and yeah. the smaller version, the SS-107, really comfortable, like lazy boys on a dock type yeah. kayaks, that tri-hole design, you customizable. But when they brought out the RVR this last year, that kayak did really, really well. Because again, creeks and rivers, um, I had a guy that works with me that he did the Buffalo National River at flood stage on an RVR. He did yeah. the entire river in two and a half days. Wow. So that's normally about a seven, six or seven day float. Um, again, they're pushing that envelope, having a drop down skeg and a kayak. In my opinion, it makes, it's like having two separate kayaks in one. And then the skiff boat that they're coming out with, 
now they announced the, the the Power 129, which I think is going to give the new Canoe Unlimited a run for its money. Okay. Um, the Power 129 will be $18.99 is what they're announcing next year. Well, really, really quick, back it out. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. To be honest with you, I haven't even watched a video on it yet. I've just heard it talked about. So explain what it is and what value and innovation you believe it brings to the market today. So none of us have seen one yet. Um, it's strictly off, the, off their website. Um, it's basically... It looks like a hybrid between the RVR and the SS-127. So the SS-127 mm. is a big, big catamaran-style hull design, and the RVR is not as extreme. Basically, you don't have these two big pontoons coming all the way down, which creates a lot of drag when you're trying to steer a boat. Right. You know, it's very stable, but it's not going to be fast in the water or turn really quickly. The RVR kind of brought those catamarans up a little bit. They got created a little bit more rocker, which is basically where the front end and the back end kind of come up a little bit and allows you to turn a larger kayak a lot more, a lot easier. But the power which is where your secondary stability comes from, right? Yes, yes, very much. Um, The power 129 is basically so they got the Titan X with the pedal drive. It's basically if somebody wanted to motorize a Titan X but didn't want to pay for a pedal drive. The Power mm. 129 is going to be a kayak that has basically you're going to be able to mount your motor on the front or the back. You have access plates where you can drill into them. You can mount, you know, you can do your wiring through it. It's basically going to be as close to a no drill setup, no matter what you want to do. That's really been put out there. Uh, wow. And at, at 1899, it's not cheap, but the unlimited Next year is probably going to be about that same price. Okay. But with this, it has a rudder integrated in it already. It has foot steering already on it. You still have the front um, the front storage hatch. There's a lot of things with that kayak that's already included in that price. I just think it's going to be the best value out there. Uh, unless somebody just comes up with something crazy. Um, that That's probably the kayak that I'm most excited to see um, just for what it is. Yeah, uh, And I think that's kind of where they're going was the ease of rigging out your next fishing kayak. And again, you're, these are kind of becoming bass boats that you can throw in the back of your truck. Right. Uh, and, and that's what I like about it. You know, you don't need a, a big trailer. You don't need to, you know, I, I see it all the time. Someone just yelling at their wife backing down that boat down in the <laughs> ramp, you know, and, and it's like, no, you just, you, you don't even have to go to the ramp. You just kind of go in the grass anywhere where the water meets the land is good for a kayak launch. And that's why yeah. I prefer kayak fishing to bass boat fishing or, you know, anything like that. Yeah. So, I mean, the unlimited is the fan favorite for oh, stability. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so you're, you're thinking, I know you haven't been in one, but you're thinking it gives it a run for its money on stability as well. Yes. Um, so I did a video here a couple of weeks ago. I did an SS 127 versus the unlimited because they're both around that same price range. Mm-hmm. They both have some features, but they have some fundamental differences. And I felt like the SS 127 did paddle a little bit better, but you did get a little bit more stability out of the unlimited. But the, my biggest difference between those two kayaks was the SS-127, you got more value out of the box. In other words, how it comes from the factory, there's more value there. But you have a higher ceiling with the Unlimited. So this is fish finder, motors, electronics. You can go crazy with the Unlimited. But with the SS-127, you have foot pegs that already are dual purpose You know, to go into mm. foot 
steering. Uh, you can you already have the pod system in the in the middle for your electronics. You have the front hatch that you know has the reversible hinges. It just means you can open it from the front or the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, New Canoe has all that stuff, but it is it's extra options. It's extra money. And by the time you basically build that same kayak, you're north of twenty two hundred dollars on that. With the power, the PWR one twenty nine, you're getting all of those features. Plus, you're already getting these, you know, the spring blade rudder already integrated in it. Right. Plus, the foot steering. So if you're if you're fishing down a running, you know, running water, it allows you to control your drift, and that's a true hands free fishing experience. Yeah. And not that New Canoe doesn't have that. They have the rudder set up. They have the foot steering that you can buy there. But just talking out of the box value, um, I'm really excited to see that. So nice. All right, man. I, this conversation go could go for a very long time because you're just full <laughs> of knowledge that I absolutely it, sure. love, and I love how you present it. Present yeah. it too. You present it in a way that's understandable. It's not confusing. And I'll and obviously I love know it. what you're talking uh, about. Yeah, you I love, love it. it. I'm passionate about it. Uh, we all are, um, you know, and that's, you know, we're, we're anglers, we're paddlers ourselves. Uh, and, you know, that to me, that's, that's the best place to get your information is we're allowed to demo these things, to take them on the water, see what we think. And, you know, if somebody comes in and they don't really know they're, they're stuck between two things, you can tell them. I took these both out. This is what I liked about it. This is what I maybe didn't like about it. This is why you may like this one a little bit better. So for sure. What's the number one regret that you've heard when someone buys a fishing kayak, they come back to you, you talk to them again. They're like, I wish I would have what comes out of their mouth next boat weight. Really? Yes. Not stability. Uh, so, Their number one concern. Who cares about that anymore? Now it's how how well, freaking it, heavy that thing is. Again, you know, uh, you watch the videos, you get sold on something, and then you yeah. go in there. And don't get me wrong, we have people that come in there and say, "Hey, I want a Hobie Pro Angler 14. What do you got?" It's like, "Well, I got these here. Which one? Which color do you like?" Right. Um, buying a 150 pound kayak <laughs> when you're not sure how you're going to get it to and from the water, and that's I've kind of I've changed my my conversation piece based off of that. So I was like, how do you, uh, how are you transporting your kayak? You know, yeah. uh, is it in the back of a truck? How are, you know, how are you going to get this thing to and from the water? Have you thought about thinking that? about that? They just want to buy it. They'll figure all that stuff out later. Right? Yeah. I have a, yeah. they're buying a pro, uh, a Hobie pro angler 14 I, and they're in the fourth floor. I kid you not. I've sold, um, I think it was earlier this year guy come in. He was, I think around his mid seventies and he bought okay. a pro angler 14 foot. And again, is in the budget. He always, you know, he wanted to fish with his son. So they bought two of them and you know, it's a great kayak. It's just, it's something you got to, yeah, it's something you got to think about though. You know, you're not, you're you're not thinking about, okay, this is where I'm gonna put my fish finder. This is where I'm gonna put the motor. This is where I'm going to put my black pack and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. No, it's like, okay, when you get it, when you get it down to the water and he's like, Oh my God, this thing is so heavy. Because we haul it, we, we we take it out of the store, put it in their vehicle for them, and we're we're right. showing them how to latch it down, and you know, then they're buying trailers, then they're buying uh, expensive wheel transport systems, or mm-hmm. doing the the boondocks landing gear, you know, the flip down wheels. That stuff adds a lot of money, and it's still a heavy kayak, so it makes it easier, but it's still it's it's a large kayak. Um, you know, it, a lot of people have 
it's hard to find a used uh, jet ski trailer because of the kayak fishing industry around here. Right. I was yeah. looking so, once. I had to convert my utility trailer into a double decker kayak trailer. Yeah. I yeah, can't yeah. freaking find one or they're, they're so expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Because people are starting to learn what they got now. And yeah, yeah it's, but you know, that, that's one thing I say is, you know, uh, you know, these, these are all of the features on this kayak. The kayak does weigh, you know, 85 pounds or 100 pounds or 125 pounds. And that's something to consider. Uh, but that's usually the big regret is they're taking the big kayaks and then now they're trading them in for maybe something a little bit lighter, but still has the same functionality. You know, maybe they're not using all of the features that are available because some of these kayaks have a lot of features built into it. And a lot of times people got to ask themselves, am I really going to use that? Is that, um, that may be a great value overall for the kayak, but what kind of value is it for me? And, and that's what we always try to dig into is, you know, what the questions is, you know, are you using a fish finder? Like what kind of fish finder are you using? If it's, is it a little Garmin striker four? Mm-hmm. you can put on any kayak, uh, you know, you don't need right. the, the retractable transducer mount underneath. You don't need the, you know, the stuff on the side there. There's a lot of different ways that you can outfit any kayak for that. But, Man, if you're if you're into that, you want the side scan and the in the and the live imaging and all that. Hey, go for it. But yeah, go for it. Heck yeah. So, if someone came to you, let's do a little quick quick session. Mm-hmm. Your opinion, best best kayak under a thousand dollars, lake fishing. Okay. Honestly, and. So are they a bigger guy or woman? Let's just say just most general. If you came in just a normal person, right? Not like I weigh 500 pounds or I'm seven foot two. Um, Honestly, I like the Jackson bite. Uh, Yeah. The, the bite it's 11 and a half foot. It's 36 inches wide. It's stable. It's open deck space, removable frame seat. Um, the Pescador Outlaw is pretty good also. There's some comments over here about some Outlaw. So, yeah. All right. And that's still one of my top viewed videos. That, that was one of the first videos I did. It still comes up in my monthly top five. Uh, it's a great kayak and it's a great value. The The only thing about it and the Outlaw is the only kayak that I sell that I usually have a disclaimer with. And I Ooh. said, hey, because on the floor, it looks great. Right. It's, flat it's open the seat sits really really high uh there's a lot of features on it that you don't see in a standard kayak especially for the price but i always tell people is that that hole design it is sluggish in the water so if you're okay with comfort and stability over everything it's a really good kayak uh if you're wanting something that paddles a little easier the bite is a little bit better of an option they're both 11 and a half foot long uh they're both stable they both have good seats um, but usually when somebody buys the outlaw or two of them, mm-hmm. they take it out on the lake and they try to just go a mile down <laughs> and then, and then they come back and they say, God, I was just, I was so wore out. Or we have couples that take them out here on the rivers, which is crazy, but they're okay with that. Just as long as you know, your limitations of the kayak that you're looking at, it's really not a big deal, but thinking it's going to be something that's not is usually when people start to regret uh, a purchase. So if they they bought that outlaw thinking, man, this thing is just going to cut through the water. And I saw this guy on YouTube, he was paddling it so fast. And, you know, <laughs> then they get it out there and they're just, ugh, ugh. And, and a lot of times, uh, a lot of times kayak handling is paddle technique. And I feel like that's something mm. that gets skimmed over a lot too. Um, 
I get a lot of people that want that really, really long paddle. And in my opinion, most people go too long on the paddle and then they complain about how their kayak tracks, you know, as a straight line performance. Right. Right. So, you know, I always tell people, it's like, well, how's your paddle stroke look? They're like, Oh, it's good. If you go too far out from the boat, you're doing a sweep stroke and your kayak is going to want to start doing this. And me, I've got kind of a higher angle paddle stroke and I'm close to the edge of the boat, but I typically use a shorter paddle. Uh, even, even based off the manufacturer's suggestion for my size and what kayak I'm on, but that's a big thing. And the quality of your paddle too. Um, you know, if you've got a thousand dollar budget, I would much rather see someone spend a couple hundred dollars on a paddle and then $800 on the kayak. Uh, You know, that's to me, that's the motor that drives you. You don't want to put a four cylinder in a, in a, in a big SUV. And that's kind of the same thing with a paddle. A lot of people will buy the, uh, the expensive kayak and then they'll go to a big box store and get like the really cheap the short 60s. paddle that you know it's got the the baloney blades on it where you're <laughs> you're digging into the water and it's flexing and you're not oh, getting, yeah you're not going anywhere you're doing twice the work and and the reason i mean i joke about that but the reason i don't like that is if that's their first experience in a kayak you run the I risk mean, of somebody not enjoying kayaking thinking that they mm-hmm. all handle like that or they're all the same and they're and they're really not right oh man it's funny um, you know, the reason I, I find myself, so I don't paddle very often. It's usually if my motor, I'm on grass and I'm going to pull my motor yeah. up and I realized I was like, I know I'm supposed to be paddling, you know, my paddle stroke is off, but the reason I'm going so far wide is because I don't want to get wet. <laughs> yeah. I tell you so, a, a, a great tip is the drip rings. Most of your paddles I have, have one drip. on there. I still um, get wet. A lot of times people will have the drip rings too close to the blade. Ah. go go away from that blade usually you can put your hand in between the blade and your drip ring because what's happening is when you're and not i don't know about you but most people when they're dipping that paddle they're going too deep into the water what it's doing is it's scooping that water and throwing it on you yeah so if you move your drip rings further down the shaft try that out to see if that helps any that's Um, a video by the way mm -hmm. make a video on that bad boy um, nice I think uh, Master did that a while back. Um, I, I knew it before then, but I, I was actually looking at that of like, because uh, when they come for, out of the package, usually the drip rings are all the way out to the blade, and mm. usually that blade's going under the water, and it's like it's like dipping a bucket in the water and just throwing it on your head. Uh, it yeah. really will. It's amazing how much water those will bring into your kayak, uh, especially if you're in a sit-in kayak too, because uh, that water's all collecting in there. Yeah, makes sense. All right. We are, can you believe we're already at 55 minutes? Wow. Um, I know, right? This is good. So I'm going to spend the remainder of the time because we got a smorgasbord of questions over here I want to circle back to. So I was just starring stuff left and right. All right. Let me see here. The Creek Crawler said, kayaks have such great resale value. If you got a few hundred bucks, the biggest thing is just getting out in the water and truly appreciating the higher value kayaks. And, and I'm about that. Um, if you're happy and you're out on the water, you're winning. Um, and and yeah. that's one thing that I think gets lost a little bit. So mm-hmm. again, I'm doing my videos on either used kayaks that we don't sell or kayak brands that we do sell. Uh, we carry pretty much all the quality brands. But I mean, if if you're just wanting something to get out there and enjoy it, I, I'm never going to down somebody because they're in a kayak that we don't offer with our company or, you know, there's been people that have used the big pox store kayaks for years and years. Um, Usually a lot of people, 
when they get a taste of, you say it's that friend that's got that kayak. Yeah. Um, they get in that. It's like, man, this is really nice. Um, just my biggest thing with your value kayaks is don't get something that you, that you want to modify immediately. Mm. Uh, I get a lot of people where they'll get like a lifetime or a Pelican kayak and they want to put a big frame seat on it. You can't, there's, there's some DIY options out there, but when you're, when you're changing the mechanics of what that kayak was designed for, you're going to more times than not, not every time uh, you're, you know, like putting a higher seat on a kayak that wasn't designed for that higher seat. Right. Um, you're going to affect the handling. You're going to f- affect the performance. Uh, sometimes you can even affect the weight rating of it by adding more to it. Okay. Um, all of that factors into it. So when you see those kayaks, those really, really high seats, that hole was designed for that purpose for that yeah. higher seat. Cause the first thing someone asks when they, when they see the, uh, when they see the perception outlaw and how high that seat is like, man, I bet that thing's top heavy. He's like, no, then I lift one up and show them the underneath of it. It's like, that's, that's what's going on under there. You know, it's, yeah. it's like being on a dock, but you're paddling around that dock. So keep that in mind. So for sure. Bucktail fishing says, I have a Pescador Pilot 12, the world's okayest pedal dress. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Uh, hey. Bucktail, why? Or maybe you know why. I've, I um, don't think I've ever seen one. So Yeah, it's uh, it's basically like a Pescador Pro, and Perception has their own kind of uh, pedal drive system. And, and again, um, they're, I'm probably telling them something they already know. The The Perception pedal drive, is it, it there's a cost-saving feature there that keeps that kayak under a certain amount. And that's one thing that I always try to tell people is you do get what you pay for. I don't care what you're buying, uh, in kayak. Um, you know, if you got a pedal drive, that's a thousand dollars or $1,100, you're that company made some changes to make that kayak that price. So you're going to be making some sacrifices. Uh, are those worth it to you? That's the question you got to ask, but you know, it's, None of these kayak companies, if you go to if you go to Sparta, Tennessee and see Jackson's facility, there's not these big ivory towers and these huge, there's not Mercedes Benz and, and Ferraris in the in the parking lot. These companies right. aren't making just hand over fist money. Um, you're paying for the research and development, you're paying for the engineering that designed these kayaks, uh, the patents to these, you know, th- there's a lot of involvement in that. Um, you know, it's not just how much it costs to put together a plastic kayak. Right. So, you know, that's why you see some of those companies, well, they'll put something out really quick and you know, it's a thousand bucks for a pedal drive. I always tell people, it's like, you just really know that what you're paying for there is what's mm. that pedal drive made out of? Is it mostly plastic or is it Marine grade aluminum? Right. Um, you know, how, how is that going to, how is that going to look a year or two from now? And is it worth that? investment instead of going maybe five or $600 and getting a, an established brand. Yeah. And you and I both know the answer might be yes for the person who's like, I don't want to paddle and I'm only going out five times this year. And And, and it might be absolutely not if you're like going out three times a week. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The question. I I agree completely with that. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, Let me see. (laughs) World's most okay. Yes. Pedal drive system. I've had so many questions come to mind. In our conversation, I wish I had a pad of paper because I, I gotta have you back on again because this is awesome. All right, a uh, Lashley, uh, a Lashley, yeah, seventy-two. Looking for first yak, I'm big guy, three hundred twenty-five pounds, best option under seventeen hundred. I mean, I feel like I'm just like throwing you questions um, left and right. 
Well, for, for $1,700, you got a lot of options. Um, personally, if you're talking about big guy, I usually steer people to new canoe. Mm -hmm. um, either it's a frontier 12 frontier. Uh, the frontier makes a 10 foot option as well, which is really kind of overlooked. I feel. And then mm -hmm. the unlimited is 1799 currently. Um, you know, so, and, and keep in mind wherever you're at, um, you know, if you can find one semi-close, there's usually somebody trying to get rid of it for less than that. Uh, when I hear just a truly big guy, when I say that, like, you know, 300 plus, um, that's usually what I put them in or, or steer them toward. Because keep in mind, when you see a kayak with a weight rating of 400 pounds, that doesn't mean a 300 pound person is best in that kayak because the seat that they're sitting in may not have that weight capacity. That's the boat itself. Mm. Uh, and that's mm -hmm. really important. Uh, Hobie actually does that. Uh, if you look at a Hobie, there's usually the weight capacity of the boat and there's the weight capacity of the seat, which they actually list. Uh, I love that they measure that. it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because again, you're, you know, if you got a, a weight capacity of 500 pounds, and you're, well, it could be your electronics, your motor, your battery. Yeah. They're not just talking yeah, absolutely. about it. It's not just that seat. Uh, right. So, um, you know, New Canoe had some issues in the past with their seat that they've corrected. They, uh, they've changed the makeup. So it's a, it's a metal frame underneath it that mounts to the track. It allows you to trim that seat the length of the kayak. So it allows you to make that kayak completely different depending on where you're sitting. If you're in moving water, sitting it back, brings the front of the boat up, it allows it to handle a little bit more loose, bring it toward the middle, allows the tracking performance to kind of take over. And if you're a big guy and you're, you're, you're concerned with stability, New Canoe really does it right. So it's 41 inches wide mm. and it's not a tri-hole you know, design. So it's a little bit smoother. So you got that primary and secondary stability. It turns better than you would expect a boat that size to turn. I'm not right. going to say it's a speedboat, but that for that price range, I would definitely look at new canoe. Plus they, they do free parts for life. Uh, that's another thing I feel like doesn't, they may not market that the best, but it's, it's okay. legit. Keep talking. Give me an example, like how that plays out. So, um, when you buy a new canoe, uh, you get the paperwork with it. You can go online to their website. You can register your kayak, which costs nothing. Um, mm -hmm. And then if anything of that boat falters for any reason, for the lifetime you have that kayak, you go on their website, you go to replacement parts, you tell them what you need. And it's like buying something from Amazon on their website, but you get a coupon code for hundred percent off. Right. Now you do pay shipping. So that's uh, just know that. But if it's parts, they send it regular mail. Um, I think, and they actually have it in stock if, the, if they have it in stock. Yeah. Right. Uh, which I don't think that's really a problem now, but it was at one time. Right. Um, I think my, I had a frontier 12 that I needed. Um, the side handle came apart. So I ordered a pair off of them. Uh, and some, I think the, uh, the rubber handles to my front hatch, it cost me like, I think it was less than $2 to have it shipped. That's it. And it, it, that was it. Uh, I didn't have anybody. I didn't have a gatekeeper asking me questions on how I'm using the kayak or how I'm hauling it or storing it. There was no questions asked. Uh, and that's customer service. And that's one thing yeah. that I'm passionate about personally is, you know, there's a lot of companies out there that sell the same kayaks I sell. There's a lot of companies that, you know, there's companies out there that ship them now. Nobody is going to outservice me. So mm -hmm. when I see companies out there that take care of their people like that, I, I kind of gravitate toward that a little bit. Cause to me, if you're going to come to me and spend to me, I mean, I'm not rich by any means. So to me, $600, $800, that's still a lot of money to me. Um, when somebody's coming in to want to spend that much money or more with me, 
Um, I want them to feel like they're, they're valued because they are, uh, they can, they can go anywhere and spend their money. And I feel like the last couple of years, I feel like customer services really died down uh, with companies. Yeah. And I feel like some of those companies that do it really well and do it right are kind of the creams rising to the top, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, I, from a content creator point of view, I can't mm. tell you how many companies contact me weekly. Yeah. Wanting to do something. And I would say 99.9% of the time it's, it's no. Um, yeah. But I've turned down a couple of things. I haven't had a lot of stuff, but yeah, it's. Well, the reason I turn them down is because um, like it's customer service. Like, yes. I'm checking, I'm checking their reviews. I'm checking their Google ratings. I'm reading the negative, their positive ones um, to see if it's, you know, if, is there a systemic issue? Because if someone buys something on, on my recommendation, yeah. my name's on it. And that means a whole heck of a lot to me. Yeah. And because I want that company to take care of someone post recommendation. Right. And yeah. so I don't lock arms with too many companies for that very reason. Um, yeah. No. I, had a, I had a weird thing. I had a company reach out to me and it was basically like a, uh, it was like a, a foreign, almost a, like a foreign yak attack style company where look, you could tell it was somebody that kind of, 3d printed or molded some rod holders and cup holders and stuff and, and asked, you know, asked to do sponsorship. And more I got to looking into that. I'm like, no, I mean, it, it's irresponsible for me to, to push yak attack and the quality that you get with them. And then next week I'm like, Hey, check this stuff out. It's half the cost. And, you know, just because it makes me a couple of bucks, uh, it, it, it's, it's just not worth it. Cause like you said, you know, if somebody uses, uh, my platform and orders that stuff through it because of my recommendation. And it's just, it's crap. Right. Um, that person one is probably not going to trust anything I say again. And two, um, that is the only buck I'm ever going to make, uh, you know, from that. So I, I, I hear you on that. Um, like I said, you know, the, the whole service thing, I do that because I'm like that. If I'm spending my money somewhere, I'm okay spending a little bit more if I feel like I'm valued, as opposed yeah. to, um, you know, you're, you're, you're fixing your own food, waiting your own table and leaving a, leaving a tip for somebody that just <laughs> didn't care. You know what I mean? Uh, right. So do you think that's, I, mean, I had Chad Hoover, he had me on, actually, actually he had me on his, we were talking about the, the conversation topic of Alibaba boats is what he calls them. Yeah. <laughs> how, <laughs> uh, how, how much of a problem is that, right? Because you got all these companies that do all this R&D. They put a lot of money in it. The, yeah. the, it gets copied and made overseas, whatever, and then sold at, at huge discounts. Yeah. Now, obviously, the quality stuff's not there. Like, how, how much, how big of a problem is that going to be for uh, industry leaders who are dropping a ton of, ton of cash on the R&D? Or for the casual online shopper, it, it's a problem. Mm. Um, if, if somebody's walking in our store, we'll get asked about it, but it's easy to sell against that personally. Um, sure. cause you know, the quality is not there and who's going to take care of you. Yeah, uh, nobody. If something happens to it. How do you get those parts? If you buy, if you buy a kayak from Walmart or big box store, sorry. Um, we, if you go back, if something happens, if a, if a strap breaks on the seat, just something small, um, 
you can't go back to that place and buy your replacement parts. Uh, the amount of times on a on a daily basis during the busy season that someone says, hey, can you, because we do uh, kayak, uh, we do plastic welding on all our boats. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anybody that buys something from us, we do a lifetime hull repair, uh, you know, on oh, the hull of the boat. If it's your, ever your company or, does that yes. regardless yeah. of, okay. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's something that we kind of stand behind the products that we're pushing and people will bring boats that they bought somewhere else, whether it be big box store or Alibaba, um, and said, can you, can you fix this? And my first question is what kind of boat is it? And then they say, well, it's this, or this or that. It's like, well, no, you can't uh, because the plastic is so thin or it's a low density polyethylene blend that. Yeah. We, different HGPE. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And we take a heat gun, we heat the damaged part as well as the plastic that we're molding, you know, blending in with it. And you know, the, the amount, again, I'm a DIY guy. Um, but the amount of people that I hear, you know, when someone says, Hey, how do I fix this? And it's a hole in the kayak. Well, there's a lot of easy, low cost ways to do it, but you'll get things with like, Hey, I carry a milk jug and a lighter with me, or I carry, you know, a plastic bucket. That's really not the same, not the um, same plastic. If it gets you out of a bind, man, I'm all for it. Uh, but to be the w- first stop and only stop you make, uh, I've had people try to do their own fixes and then I put a heat gun to it and it looks like water just falling off the kayak. Uh, the mm. melting point is different on that plastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the density, you know, again, if you have a paddle shop somewhat by you, or you can even go on Amazon and buy those little plastic sticks that you can just heat up, oh, carry yeah. some of those with you in a little pouch or in your, in your hole. And then, you know, if you want to do a lighter with that, you can do that pretty decent, but you know, carrying zip ties and milk jugs and Lowe's buckets, yeah, it, it's not going to be worth it to you. Um, but I, no. I kind of went on a tangent there. I know, but you know, the, the, as far as the, how that affects the industry, it's there, it does water it down a bit, but I also feel like, um, someone that's looking to buy, uh, an Alibaba kayak for three or $400 is probably not in the market for a bona fide P one twenty seven or, mm. Yeah, we we know where we're at. We're kind of in that mid to upper tier as far as the the kayaks. Um, you know, Perception makes a good uh, budget friendly kayak. Don't get me wrong, but um, I've tested a lot of this stuff out, and you know, I'm pretty harsh on my opinions on some of the stuff. Um, a little bit more than some, but it's because when I see them, they're used. So we do mm. trade ins. Uh, okay, helps me out quite a bit because if I see a kayak that constantly has the same issues over and over again, when somebody's had it for a year or two, I know what to look for. And, um, I, I was, I recently did an on the water review for a used kayak that we had that I just, I didn't put it out because it just, it literally felt like I was just crapping all over this company. And this is a really popular brand, um, that, you know, like, I don't want to be, I don't want to have any defamation against a, a kayak company. There's a, there's a butt for every seat. Just my butt didn't fit in this kayak very well. And uh, it, you know, it, to me, I can put it out there, but I said the amount of people that are going to get on there and say, Oh, I've been on these for 10 years and I've never had any problems. Like that's, that's fine. Uh, I have a big butt. So uh, <laughs> I, you know, maybe just my, uh, you know, my issue there. And, you know, the kayak I'm talking about is uh, feel free. So, okay. you know, feel free. They've got a lot of really good ideas that, cater to me feel free was the one that people gravitate to a lot more than the you know like your vibes and your brooklyn kayaks and all that Mm -hmm. um 
feel free. It's got that wheel and the keel, um, mm. the gravity seat. The gravity seat is a lot of hardware in there. It's kind of like this little scissor lift thing um, that the seat comes up on. That hardware kind of wears out over time. And that's, you know, the seat that we would get in every now and then would just fall periodically because the whatever was catching it has worn out and it just falls to the floor. So you only oh. have that low seat. Uh, the wheel and the keel, you're putting a big, heavy kayak. And when you lift it up, that weight is still going to that front handle, but it's also going to that back wheel. And it creates this little, you got the wheel on the back and it creates this little shearing action. So the uh -huh. hardware that holds those wheels in starts to work itself loose. And when people start to complain with water coming in the hole and they don't know where it's from, coming that's there. usually the first place we look at. So uh -huh. if you have a wheel and the keel and it's, let's say it's over 70 pounds. To me, that's just no good. Uh, if it's under that, it's not that big a deal, but when you have all that weight going in that one point, all of that weight is going to that wheel. And when you're bouncing it over rocks, it's just, it's just like breaking a stick. Uh, yeah. and eventually it's going to snap. It's plastic. Uh, what does plastic do when it gets hot? You're out there in the summertime, you know, it's mm -hmm. going to bend and kind of mold and eventually we'll just, I've seen a lot of problems from it. So. Yeah. Hey, you know what? You see what you see. You're not crapping yeah, on yeah. companies. It just and again, they can't get it right all the time. Is, if someone's in that kayak and they're happy with it, man, more power to you. Uh, yeah. You know, it's just it's you know when you're talking about the same price range, there's a lot of options out there. It's mm -hmm. just not you know not everybody's got a paddle shop just down the road too. And that's one thing that I always try to remember is you know maybe someone doesn't want to drive 200 miles to spend a thousand dollars on a kayak. You know, sometimes they're going to go to a big box store and they're going to be fine with it. Uh, yeah, but, or, you know, second, or the one that happens to show up on Facebook marketplace and it's yes. only going to be there for 24 hours. I need to make a decision quickly because it's the only option. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You get, you get what you, you get what you can get. Yeah. All right. Let's head over here to the comment section. Bucktail says Nukenil will be my next upgrade. Probably an unlimited. Make sure you look at that PWR. Bucktail. Yeah. Hey, and, and the unlimited is still the gold standard in my opinion. Uh, I'm excited to see the PWR. I think the PWR is going to be a fantastic addition to the market, mm. but man, the, 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 um, and there, and there's things that there's things that new canoes coming out with that I can't really talk about right now, but sure. just know that they're, they're evolving. They're doing things. Um, it's nothing that I would hold off on buying the unlimited for by any means, but you know, said they're, they're going to keep pushing the envelope. The unlimited to me, the swivel seat, uh, it's the first real kayak that had that swivel seat option. And that's little stuff like that. A little, I don't want to call it a gimmick, but that's stuff that gauges interest with people. It's like a swivel sure. seat. It's a millennium swivel seat. So it's a quality swivel seat. Um, and I feel like a lot of problems got, some problems get over-exaggerated. So uh, they did have a quality issue back in COVID where they had a mold kind of uh, have some issues and there was some, maybe some thin spots in the hole. That sense has been corrected and they sure. correct their hole. So they, they take care of their customers. But, you know, you'll get somebody say, you know, they'll see one video that somebody got once they took delivery of maybe a part of the hole flexing a little bit more than it should. Mm -hmm. And, and that's another thing that I would really stress to everybody listening is on warranty issue. A lot of companies are taking big hits on warranty and usually about 99% of the things that I see online are um, really crappy paddle shop uh, customer service. Okay. Not, and, and I think you guys talked about it too, where 
if you have a problem with your Chevy Silverado, you're not going to go to Chevy. Right. You're going to go to the dealership you bought it at. And I think that's where uh, some of that's getting lost or some of the balls getting dropped because things happen. Um, you know, there, there's sometimes they just, they don't get it right. That right. paddle shop is going to be the one to take care of you. Um, you know, cause when you're throwing, when you're throwing needles at a big company, you're stowing a needle in a stack of needles at that point. You know? yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's our burden to bear. Uh, you came to our shop and spent all that money. When you come back with a problem, you know, a lot of times it's just, Hey, we'll get you into a new kayak. We'll take this one. We'll take care of the warranty issue. Get you back on the water right now. Yeah. And that's the easiest thing to do. But I feel like a lot of people lose sight of that. Um, I even heard of one is actually one YouTuber. Um, he had a, a Jackson NAR that he had some really big problems with and he took it back to the paddle shop and the paddle shop charged him. I want to say it was like 15% restocking fee. What the what? It's, it's a warranty. Right. And that boat is uh $4,200. Yeah. So that's, that's a expensive. lot of money. Yeah, that guy is. will never paddle a Jackson ever again. And that had nothing to do nothing with Jackson. With Jackson. That had everything to do with that paddle shop. I'm thinking, mm. Oh my God. Uh, but you know, and again, he's in something he absolutely loves. So again, um, that may have been the route that he would have went anyway, but the fact that the paddle shop did that to him, yeah, um, yeah it's, uh, you know, you, you get lost in the numbers with some places, so to speak. And again, I'm fortunate enough to work for, we're still a locally owned kind of mom pop place, but you know, we've built over the last 20 years, it's really built a reputation on taking care of customers. Yeah. Um, you're not going to see ads and we don't have any billboards or television commercials. And I'm the only one that I know of that really does YouTubing on it. But, uh, you know, you treat people right. They're going to talk about you. If yeah. you treat somebody wrong, they're going to tell twice as many people about <laughs> you than if you take care of them. So, right. Um, yeah. You know, that's just the way it goes. You know, there's, there's something to be said about that. There's a yeah. lot of information. There's a lot of research done on YouTube and, you know, reading all the things and listening to all the, there's a missing angle here that gets overlooked a lot. And you just mentioned it. I mean, mm -hmm. really taking the time, it may be worth driving three hours yes. to go to that paddle shop that yeah. is trusted and has great reviews. That may be worth it. 100%. If you're, if, if you're stuck between one or two boats, take it out on the water. Yeah. You're going to know within a, a few minutes, whether that's the right choice for you or not. Um, if you're not comfortable sitting in something in the first 10 seconds, you're going to hate that thing after a few hours on the water. Mm. So just, you know, that's what I always tell people is sit in it, play with it, you know, pick it up, you know, move it around, play around the seat. Uh, you know, imagine yourself being in that kayak. Uh, you can do all the research you want to, but until you get hands on, on some of this stuff, it's, you're, you're kind of missing, um, you're, you're wasting a lot of time, so to speak, uh, get some information, uh, talk to some people online. Again, I'm always available on, uh, on the comment section of my, you know, my videos. I try to answer all of them. I'm at the point where I can still do that. Uh, obviously once you get so far down the road, I know that gets a little harder, but, um, you know, I'm still in this to help people out to, you know, it, it usually, you know, about 75% of the people that watch my videos are in the market to buy something. And, I always love to hear it. It's like, man, you made my choice so much easier. I was in between mm. the and another one and seeing somebody go through these features. That's exactly what I was looking for. Or that was the thing that was hanging me up on it originally. And that's, that's what I like to see. Uh, Cause yeah. again, 
the worst thing out there is to make the wrong choice with your money and just nobody wants you to hate it. Um, but find the biggest thing is buy it from someone you trust. If you've got a paddle Absolutely. shop by you and you just, you ain't feeling like you're taken care of. Yeah. Probably right. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. But, pick up on those clues early on. Or yeah. how they treat you before Absolutely. you buy it because it's going to look the same or maybe worse yeah, yeah. after yeah. they already, already got the money. Yeah. Um, question here from Peyton Hatfield. Opinions on the new canoe pivot drive, and that's followed up by Bucktail. Yes, three-star question. Yeah, I want the answer um, to that. The, I've used the pivot drive. I like the pivot drive. Um, it's unique. So the the one Walk thing I will say for, for those who don't know what it is, like yeah, it's the uh, it's the pedal drive for new canoe. Um, it is an addition that you can make to any new canoe kayak, which is unique. You don't have to buy a specific pedal drive kayak oh, to have a pedal drive option. Awesome. Uh, so, but I, I talked about the flat transom on the new canoe. So all the new canoes have that flat space on the very back. That's where the prop goes off. Okay. So it's like having a trolling motor mounted on the back of the kayak that you're controlling with your feet. And it is a belt drive system. So it is very smooth. It is adjustable. The one thing about it is it, if you like the open deck space, if you like having all that room without clutter, mm -hmm. it does clutter up your deck quite a bit. So keep that in mind, but it's a no drill option. So everything you need comes out of the box. It's got the little, uh, it's got two little threaded inserts on your left side. That's where your steering handle goes. Mm -hmm. It attaches to the back, the pedal drive. It, uh, it's like a, you know, so here's your, <laughs> here's your transom here. And here's your pedal drive, and it just goes up and down like that, just like a trolling motor. Okay. It's got a little cable you pull, and if you hit something with it, it kicks up. So, kicks up. nice. Yeah, it's 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 a really really nice option. It makes a really large kayak handle that much better because it's in the back, so it has both a rudder and a prop functionality to it. So nice. if you're, you know, you're if you're steering it, your your prop is your rudder also. It just turns your prop and then you're you're basically spinning that thing 360 degrees. So it's it's a great product. It is a little pricey. So yeah, what's it, what's how much does that run? I want to say it's $13.99 right now. Um Ooh, la, la, la. so you know the, the problem with that is you can buy the motor guide XI3 with the GPS spot lock right now for $13.99. Yeah, right. Uh, now granted, you you got to buy the wiring kit and the battery and all this stuff. But if you're already in that neighborhood, what's an extra couple hundred dollars? You know what I mean? So, but if you're just wanting a good pedal drive option, it's it's a, it's a it's a worthwhile option. Um, when you add that pedal drive option to any of New Canoe's lineup, you're still in the same neighborhood as you are with a lot of manufacturers that have a pedal drive kayak, albeit Native or Bonafide or Hobie or you know even Jackson. So. Um, yeah, I'm reading the, the comments over here and I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds great until you get into the weeds, right? I think Scott over here, Alex over here, you yeah. can't, you know, I got my propel drive. I just lifted up from a center console yeah. and within literally less than 10 seconds, I'm going again. <laughs> you gotta get, how do you get that off? <laughs> That's it's valid. Uh, so what a lot of people do is they will, you know, they will, they'll, they'll bring it up and then spin it, but that's not always going to work. So that is something to consider though. And that really with any prop drive, uh, that's something to consider, but th that's, a, that's a valid concern. Um, that's one reason I do like the Hobie fin drive is mm -hmm. that if you're doing a lot of vegetation fishing, it, it, that's really nice. Um, and then, like you said, 
uh, even with native, uh, you know, native comes standard with those little indexers on them now. So you can easily bring them up. They didn't always used to come on that. They used to be the biggest pain in the rear end to get those native drives up. Cause it's got, you just got that little narrow passageway that right. you just push that little lever down. A and it, prop index. Yeah. Now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, before they had that, before it was a, it was an optional upgrade. Your hand down there. Yeah. You're just, you're trying to look down there and (laughs) (laughs) come a long way. I love it. Uh, Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, finish your thought. uh, I don't have a lot of vegetation around here. Unfortunately, um, Uh, we have two really large lakes and they're very cover poor. Um, so I said, we don't have that problem here, but any prop you're, you know, that's one thing I do like about the Jackson uh, pedal drive system is you can kick that just with a little lever. You can kick that all the way up into the hole. You can take the fishing line. Uh, you can take, you know, grass weeds right out of there. And then just with a little lever, it just deploys it back down. So, that is pretty sweet. I was yes. at my local shop and I was like, oh, yeah. oh all right. Yeah. I kind of like that. You have a shallow water option on there, too. So it's deep water, yeah, shallow, can, and all the way up into the hole. Yeah. Put it at an angle. Now, that makes sense. Yeah. I like that. And uh, my local shop's getting ready to like do a, where they let you rent one for the day. So if you want to take a, a full fledged on fishing kayak out for like the yeah. day, you for, like 50 bucks. You can oh, do wow. that. I know. That's not a bad idea. We do a demo day uh, once a year where uh, each location will have their own demo weekend and we'll yeah. have a local waterway where we'll just have just a ton of kayaks sitting outside and we'll just put people in and out of them. And it's a good way for people to, really experience things that they wouldn't mm. normally be into. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't charge 50 bucks for that, but <laughs> well, this is more like you take it out, you bring it back later yeah, today yeah, yeah, type yeah. of deal. Not like just hop in it and do a circle, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Pretty, pretty neat. All right. Head over here to the comments again. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Martin skiff is my next kayak purchase. Jeremy Martin. Also again, big rig is overpriced. <laughs> um, you know, to, Hey, to Jackson, your point. Jackson are my people. Um, you know, I, I work really closely with them. Um, I do the orders with Jackson and the warranties. Uh, they're great people and their customer service is really top notch. Um, they're going through a little bit of a transition. I feel because if you look at their lineup back in even 2021, they had a lot of kayaks in that lineup. So uh, TV turned on for whatever reason, you can hear that in the background. (laughs) I can see it. Yeah. Ah, sorry. Apologize. So the- in 2021, <laughs> Jackson had like six, six or seven kayaks all within like $300 of each other. Oh, and, okay. Um, they've, they shrunk that down and they did away with the Kusa, which I know why they did away with the Kusa. Uh, uh, Drew Gregory went to Crescent fishing yep. and that was kind of his signature boat, which he and designed he the show. Right. You know, it, it, it is what it is. Uh, but they, they had the 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 Kusa, they had the Liska, the UPIC, the Kusa HD, um, the uh, the Big Rig HD, the Big Rig FD. Like there was just so many kayaks, and they were all within. They were all they were all within uh, thirteen hundred to eighteen hundred dollars. So okay. all in that price range, and some of them did really well. Some of them failed to kind of differentiate themselves from each other, and so they went from that to now. Right now the only paddling kayaks they have are the Kusa X and the U-Pic. Okay. Um, they have a bite angler, but I don't, I don't really consider that in their fishing lineup. Cause it's, it's a bite rack with two fishing rod holders 
uh, installed on the back of it. So, uh, but right now that's, that's their fishing lineup is the Kusa X. They did away with the HD, which a lot of people were upset about. And then mm. they made it, it's, it's a really comfortable, really big kayak and it, it does really well on moving water. It's just, it's 98 pounds. And Ooh. some people have even said that it's even heavier than that, but th that's, that's a big girl. Yeah. And I took it down a flooded Creek earlier this year and I said it did really well, but like I said before, getting that thing to and from the vehicle. And then it's when you're selling that as a Creek and river fisher or a pond hopper, it's kind of hard to do that with a kayak that size. Yeah. Here's a question from Peyton Hatfield. She says the seat interfering with the rudder control in the Jackson big rig FD is crazy to me. I honestly don't know what she's talking about. So they, watched, me out they, here. they probably watched my video. That was, uh, um, got it out on the water. And, you know, of course I, I, I went into the shop. We had the kayaks uh, at our store for the unveiling. So we weren't able to show it to anybody, but I'm unwrapping. I'm just making sure everything is, is where it needs to be. And the seat trims forward and backwards. So it's the same exact hull design that they used uh, three years ago. Okay. But they put the new seat on it and the new seat riser system for the high and low seat. Well, when those are moved to a certain point, you can't use the rudder. It bangs into the uh, seat riser system. So Seems like a somebody, big oversight. Do what? If you're a short person, right? If you move it forward, yeah. it's when it's running into it. Or, so. or a tall person. So it, oh yeah, it, because you got two of the, the sports. So yeah. if it's really far back or really far forward, yeah. And and honestly, that's a that's something that's going to be really easily fixed. But unfortunately, it's it's kind of where it's at right now. Sure. Um, you know, depending on the height someone is, it's not going to be an issue at all. Uh, me at six five, it was a little bit of an issue. Um, it's still a really stable kayak. It's still um, it's still got a really wide turning radius. So the handling is probably not what someone would expect at that price range. So yeah, it's, uh, what they said was very similar to the overall consensus on that kayak is it's really overpriced and at a market where it's flooded with innovation and value mm. and features, it's not really that feature rich kayak that uh, people are looking for at that price range. If you're, if you're at $4,000, unless you're just you've been longing for that big rig kayak there's you've got, you've got options you've got a lot of options and that options. may not be that may not be in the top five in that price range what would be the only reason you would tell someone hey the big rig fd i mean it's just big guys is that what you're looking at there <sighs> somebody comes then, in and says hey i i hated that they got rid of the big rig um, and i want one <laughs> but i want one yeah I, and, right. and, and i said i you know i know i'm kind of skinning my own hide there with uh with jackson i like I said i i have faith in them i do um it just for me personally again someone may get on that kayak and then that may be the thing for them uh so that's that's another thing is personal preference uh it's not my kayak sure but somebody can get on that and then they can get on other kayaks they man that big rig was phenomenal um uh, but 100 yeah it, but you know to me personally um you know a kayak in that price range needs to be motorized both on the bow and the stern fairly easily. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you don't get that with, uh, with the big rig, you do get it on the stern. Uh, but it is stable and is really comfortable and there's a lot of room on that kayak. So there are some really value features on that uh, specific kayak, but it's just, it's not something we're not going to be ordering a whole warehouse full of them. I'll put it that way. Uh, all right. All right. Uh, I got a question from CS yak fishing. He says, looking for a cheaper pedal drive for my dad. 
Thoughts about the Perception Showdown 11.5? I've never been in one. I'm currently on a bona fide RS-117 and a P-127. The Showdown's really underrated, in my opinion. Uh, so the Showdown is the Perception Outlaw with the Perception pedal drive on it. Okay. Uh, the benefit of that is you get a really big pedal drive fishing kayak for around, I want to say it's around twenty two, twenty two ninety nine. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's... it's wow. Uh, it, it solves the problem with the outlaw because when I said the outlaw was really sluggish in the water, yeah. you got a pedal drive on it. That does correct that issue. Um, I, I did a real good friend of mine now that we, uh, one of the groups that we sponsor, he had a vibe kayak and he traded it in for that kayak and he's won fishing tournaments in that showdown. So it's not what I would call a bottom of the barrel pedal drive kayak by any means. Yeah. Um, it's not an okay-ish kayak. It's it's a little beyond that, but okay. it, it's a feature-rich outlaw with a pedal drive, a rudder setup, and it's got a neat little um, kind of removable zipper pod in the in the in the in the front hatch there. So yeah. you do get kind of that removable gear storage there. Um, I really like it. Um, I, if you're looking at it, I would definitely uh, suggest if you are able to get it out on the water, make sure that's something you want. But uh, for the price, you can't beat it and when you're talking about that $2,200 price range, there's not a lot of feature-rich pedal drive, drive kayaks. Right. Um, you know, Native makes a good one in the Propel 10 that's really lightweight. But mm -hmm. if you're wanting to haul a lot of gear, that showdown might be a little bit better for you. Yeah. And I have an older Native Slayer Propel 10 pedal drive. And I love yeah. it. Yeah. I absolutely love that. It's, it's that, 67 the Propel pounds, 10, I think. Yeah. Yeah, the Propel 10 without the seat and the drive, I want to say it weighs like 62 pounds. Yeah, that's what that's it is. That's insane like, to me for a native especially. Uh, right. And then that's that's the kayak that someone tells me that it's just them going around solo and it's it's good. It's a good price competitive point and it's easier to get around than say the Titan 12 foot or, you know, a much heavier kayak. Uh, but yeah, yeah. That's, it's a really good option. All right. I got a couple of comments here. I see we have like 67 people on right now, which is pretty freaking yeah. awesome. If you haven't done so yet, please hit the like button on this video. Kind of give it some some extra juice with the algorithm. It likes to feed, and it's always hungry. All yeah. right. Tony Smith said, Andy sold him outlaw. Give us some props, Andy, when you're talking about the outlaw <laughs> earlier. <laughs> hey, Tony. How's it going, man? Fast Backwards 13 says, hey, outlaw rocks. It's a barge, though. Right on. Yeah. Well, we're talking about these, the kind of repairs. And you do them warranty wise, but yeah. loss and tackle is the question. It, it, do you have, do you like do that ad hoc? Is there a cost to like a scupper hole repair? It sounds a little too so, close to home loss and tackle, but uh, if they oh. bought if they bought the kayak from us, it's done free of charge okay. uh, for the lifetime they have the kayak. Um, I did do a video on my channel about how to fix your kayak, and I show how to plastic weld with really simple tools. Nice. Uh, and I'm talking about a, a Harbor Freight heat gun. Uh, some plastic that you can buy from Amazon or from a lot of times a local paddle shop. Cause when we get those warranty boats, we have to destroy them. So right. we keep that plastic for that reason. Um, uh, a lot of times they've got plastic that they're more than willing to part ways. Uh, I know I am. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's really, it's pretty easy to do when you understand the, the purpose of what you're doing. So not just melting plastic on top of the damage, heating up the damage part and then, twisting and blending it in and i show how to do all of that on that video so uh, i'm not just trying to plug my channel there by any means but it does like your channel it's a good yeah. channel you, you you're you got some you got a lot of good quality stuff to I appreciate share. That. 
but yeah, I do, I do a video on how to repair your kayak and I kind of go over why it's not good to use certain types of plastics. Don't use JB well, don't do, don't do any of that stuff. Um, it was a funny thing is I was, uh, I was monetized a short time before I did that video. And literally yeah. when I look on it, I'm talking about not doing JB Weld on the kayak and the little banner ad on the bottom of the screen was JB Weld. <laughs> you said it. You said it. It picked it up. Yeah, that algorithm. That algorithm. Well, tell me what you think about this. I did a, I did a kayak weld. I, I sat back too hard on my native Slayer Propel 10 yeah. and I had seat risers, so it probably wasn't. And there's a plastic strip that kind of helps disperse the weight, but yeah, it yeah. cracked in the corner back there and it's a pain in the butt place to fix. So I'm curious on your thoughts because I did a video on it and I used one of those um, staples that you can heat up. Yeah. And I also used mesh that I melted in, but I yes. bought the native Slayer strips yeah. from because I did a bunch of, you know, the HDPE, all that plastic. Mm -hmm. It's not the same. You can't use the buckets. You think you can. There's a lot of it was it was fascinating doing the research on it. And it's held up like a boss. What's your rec what would you say to a video like that? Um, I think it's great. Uh, the mesh gives you, it, it's very much like the drywall fix. Uh, yes. It gives more structural integrity to it. The one thing that I would say to people is trying to diagnose your problem. If it's something, you know, if it was dropped or something mm. freak happened, that's one thing. If it's a structural issue, a lot of times if you have, in, uh, you know, access to underneath the hole, having something to reinforce that. So if it's a, a seat, um, a lot of people that had the old Kusa HDs from Jackson had this problem where you had uh, when the seat was sitting directly on the hull of the kayak, it would yeah. develop a crack just because of the way it was made there. Um, you can weld it, but it's going to happen again. You have to put some dense foam blocking or something to reinforce it to where all that weight isn't coming down and bending that plastic so much. Yeah. Uh, there's not a lot of stuff out there right now I feel is a problem with that. Um, and I know there's been some some issues with Hobie's cracking on this, you know, where the seat goes on there. But um, a lot of times just knowing, you know, if you're a bigger guy or something or if you're using it a lot, just having something underneath that uh, that pressure point to kind of take some of the pressure off of that because it's plastic. Uh, yeah. Sun and water and heat do some crazy things to, to plastic. <laughs> and, you know, some of us use our kayaks more than others. Yeah. But, you know, just... If you hear problems, uh, diagnose it, you know, get some support underneath there. Because uh, when you open some of these kayaks up, you'll see those foam blocks. That's made to support that deck to keep it from flexing and warping over time or cracking. Mm. Sometimes you just need a little bit more under there. Um, and, and, you know, like like what you're saying, you know, the, the back corner of that seat where all of that weight is is constantly on. Sometimes just, you know, canoe blocks, you can buy those for like, you know, a couple of bucks and it's a really dense foam. You could right, shave it down foam. and put it. Yeah. It's, that's always a good idea to do. Well, that is, you're just, you're just bringing, bringing the, the heat tonight. I love it. Here's <laughs> a question and we're way over time. Are you, you good? Yeah, I'm good, man. All right, good. Well, I, well let's go then. Cause I still got a question. Joe, Joe Harris got a question for you. Why? And I, I guess I don't know the sales on the Bonafide P1 27. I own one. Love it. Um, but he asked the question, why is the bonafide, the P127 not sold well? That's a really good question. Um, and I didn't know if that was just us or just nationwide. Mm. We have not sold that kayak well at all. And, really? um, it was, 
it, it, to me, it's the biggest surprise of the kayak industry, in my opinion, from last year. Um, when I say last year, 2022, um, we sell so many bona fides. We sell so many SS-127s. And when they take that little gear pod and the one, the 127 out, they go, oh, is that where your, your pedal drive goes? Like, no, they don't have a pedal drive. When they finally came out with a pedal drive, we were thinking we are going to sell so many of these things because people have been asking about it for a long time. Right. And in my opinion, the price point was good. It was uh, $3,099 yeah. um, brand new. And I mean, we sold them, but we didn't, we sold a very, very few of them. Um, hmm. It was interesting uh, because I've taken it out. It's a phenomenal kayak. The speed of it, the handling, the comfort, yep. like everything. It checks all the boxes. Yep. Um, it's not as pricey as some of the other stuff on the market in the same, what I would consider the, the you know, the competition. Hmm. Um, I don't know. That's a good, that's a good question. And that's one that I don't really have the answer to because sometimes just things don't work out or, if the market is really crowded in that area, because even with big adventures, you have the the Slayer Maxes, you have the Titans, mm. and both the 10 and the 12, you have the, the Bonafide P127, they're all really crowded in that area. Um, the Titans and the Slayers are a little bit more uh, established. You know, there's a lot more experience with it. And then maybe sure. Bonafide didn't do the best job of marketing it, because that, that does have something to do with it. You don't see a lot of videos out there on it, uh, but it's it's a great kayak and it's worth the money. It's just, it didn't really, it just didn't really move as fast. Hmm. Here's a question for you. Since we're kind of talking along the subject, most criminally underrated fishing kayak out there today, in your opinion. Who man, criminally underrated. The, and this is, I'm going to sound like such a Homer here. Um, the new canoe Flint. Okay. Flint, so, so much, so much oh, gets put on. Yeah. Yeah. So much gets put in on the unlimited and the frontier right. that I feel like that one gets overlooked so much. And if I could have only one kayak, that would probably be the one that I would take. That's their, that's one of their best paddling kayaks. Their fastest kayak is the pursuit, but their pursuit is like a 13 and a half foot long kayak that doesn't really fit everyone's, uh, you know, transportation there. Um, the Flint is just, it, it's, it doesn't have the swivel seat, but it's got the same seat on it. It's got a nice padded deck. It's got a high weight capacity and is remarkably fast. You can still add the pedal drive to it. It comes with flush mount rod holders. You can do the black pack back there. It's a lot of securement, a lot of gear track around there. Yeah. And the, uh, the, the, uh, the gear pond that they sell now for the unlimited also fits the Flint. So it's okay. a Flint slash new canoe. So that same pod you can put on the, uh, on the Flint and man, just a great river and Creek fishing kayak, as well as open water kayak, not everyone's cup of tea. Cause again, some people need that big, stable wide kayak, especially out on lakes, but yeah. man, that's a, that, that's a phenomenal kayak that not a lot of people talk about. There you go. There's your next video idea and the title most criminally underrated fishing kayak <laughs> on the market today. I'm telling you it'll go. Yeah. It will go. Everyone like, what? What does Andy have for us today? The bearded paddler, folks. Hey, you know what? We're at one. We're almost at two hours, and so I'm gonna have to bring you back on because yeah. we only like scratch the surface on yeah. this. And I love, I just love your demeanor. I can yeah. tell you're passionate about it. I can tell that you're, you 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 know you're customer service oriented by just how yeah. you how you focus your your answers to your questions. They're yeah. they're measured, and yeah. I, I just appreciate that. 
And so we're going to have you back on the show. I'm going to share, we're going to ask you, who do you work for? But after, I want you to share that after you share, where can we find you online? So um, I work for a company called Ozark Mountain Trading Company. Um, The the website for them, uh, which it's still kind of, the website is still kind of uh, been redesigned where, uh, you know, we do the affirm financing and all that. Mm -hmm. You can select which store to pick it up at, but it's Ozark. M is in Mary, T is in Tom, C is in Charlie.com. So OzarkMTC.com. Yep. Um, and again, uh, great company ran by a great, great family. Um, you know, I, I've been in sales and marketing for pretty much my whole working life. Uh, and this job came open. Um, I was already uh, a, a kayaker already, of course, but, um, you know, my passion is, again, dealing with people, leadership, and they kind of allow me to do things my own way, obviously within certain reason, you know, I'm doing it my own way as long as it kind of jives with their philosophy, which our philosophy is service and uh, selection and, you know, customer service, obviously that's, uh, and and to me, the reason why I'm so big on that is it makes everything so much easier. Um, (laughs) You know, I've, I've worked in sales before where I have no control over my product. So if somebody has a problem with something, there's nothing I can do. I'm just Mm. sitting there, you know, looking like an idiot and uh, just sympathizing, but not offering any solutions. So uh, with this industry, you know, if they're not happy with their kayak, Hey, bring it back. We'll we'll switch it out. We'll put you in something when you do want um, it makes the decision a lot easier and we're not, uh, we're not, we're not commission based. So you're not going to come in and get a used car salesman trying to get you in a Hobie when all you really need is just a good little recreational kayak. Um, when all you need is a Flint. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Criminally underrated. Criminally oh, underrated. Yeah. I tell I'm you, it. take it. You take I'm that. Gonna, I'm going to give your listener a commission for that one. That's, uh, <laughs> that's too much. That was, that was uh, yours truly right there. Um, <laughs> So the bearded paddler head over to his YouTube channel, folks hit that subscribe button and he'll just continue. I mean, you're going to have the latest and greatest, the newest. Oh, yeah. And so if you want to stay on top of it, cause how many kayaks do you guys have in stock? Uh, we usually in the busy part of the season, I've usually got anywhere between just in my location around 12 to 1400. Jeez. Um, again, that's on the high end, but it's, that's quite a bit. Uh, we do wilderness system perception dagger, Winona Canoes, Hobie, Jackson, Bonafide, Native. Um, we actually started getting into some inflatables. I did a video on uh, the NRS inflatable. Uh, we didn't even talk about that tonight. We're getting, man, well, that'll I, be for another another day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, there's so, in a new canoe, of course, um, there's so much stuff out there. There's so much quality stuff that it's kind of hard to decipher what's the right thing for you and, you know, just – my biggest thing is always watch where you're getting your information from. Is it, where's it coming from? Is it coming from what's right for somebody else or what's right for you? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that's, if if you've ever seen that movie, Wolf of Wall Street. Oh yeah. Okay. So the, the whole question of, uh, you know, sell me this pen. Yeah. He never answered it in that movie. I, that drove me nuts. So I'm kind (laughs) of an obsessive personality. I've got to know the answer to that question. And, uh, so the guy that that movie was made after he does his own podcasting and videos and he said, he's, and he's looking for questions, you know, so sell me this pen. Well, this is a nice pen. It, you know, no, ask, ask them the question. Like, you know, what do you use a pen for? Is it for business? Mm-hmm. Is it for pleasure? You know, 
qualifying questions. And then once someone tells you what they're looking for, then you say, okay, well, I've got here is this pen. This is going to give you what you need for this, this, and this. It's the same right. way with kayaks. You know, someone comes in and say, hey, I'm floating rivers and creeks. I want to fish a little bit, but mainly float. My budget's $1,000. Like you saw some of your listeners, what's the best yeah. fishing kayak for $1,000 or under? That's the questions. And then you mm -hmm. don't need to show them every single kayak that's out there. That's pretty much going to narrow it to about two or three kayaks. And yeah. after that, it's just, okay, which one feels right to you? Which What's more comfortable? What handles a little bit better? Um, you know, what? It, you know, after that, you're just you're picking out color. So uh, <laughs> it, it's not as complicated as it as it should be. But again, there's so much stuff out there. Everyone's trying to sell something, and yeah. you know, uh, you, you know, top ten best fishing kayaks, and you haven't heard about six of them. Uh, you know, it's there's always the heavy hitters out there, but. You know, just be be careful of the, you know, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to have you, like, I don't try to tout myself as a, I mean, I've been around enough kayaks and heard enough conversations, yeah. but I haven't, I haven't been in a lot of them, to be completely honest. I'm not yeah. sitting here trying to position myself as the guru because I know I'm not. And so when I found your page and I looked at your about and you're like, okay, manage one of the largest 1500 kayaks, you see him. I was like, I got to get this guy on, on the show. So I'm going to wrap it up. Andy, yeah, freaking rock, man. We got to get you back on. Hey. Head over to the Beard Paddler. Yeah. Hit that subscribe button or just take a road trip to Cotter, Arkansas, right? Cotter is gorgeous. Uh, shake his bald hand. Bald eagles, White River, two large two large lakes. Bassmaster does a, a fishing tournament down here once a year. Like, There's a lot going on for waterways. Uh, Buffalo National River, it's the nation's first national river runs right through here as well. So again, there's people, it's kind of a destination area, but for kayaking and kayak fishing, it's, it's, it's ground zero in my opinion. Um, you know, obviously there's different places that do some things better, but just for your recreational floater, scenic watcher, wildlife watcher, it's, it's, it's a great place to be. No, oh, I love it. Well, I would love your, come over to my, I have ever, I don't know, 800 videos now on my channel. So if you hit that sub yet, please. I would, I would absolutely love you to be a part of the Wendell Fishing community. Do the same thing for the Bearded Paddler. Guys, next week, I have Retro Bassin on. I, I'm pretty excited about this show coming up because we're going to be talking about all of the as seen on TV lures from like the oh, 90s. Oh, that sounds awesome. And he knows all like the backstories and <laughs> met the owners. And he sent me a care box that had some of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in my life. I mean, we're all familiar with the helicopter and the banjo. And yeah, the yeah, yeah. But he has like, he goes deep into like the, the rabbit holes of some of these as seen on TV lures. So it's going to be a blast next tuesday night 8 30 i will see you then andy appreciate it man hey man hopefully we'll see you again on here sometime all right sounds good see ya. you've been listening to the kayak fishing obsessed podcast kayak fishing is a passion that runs through our veins and our passion is to talk about every aspect of it have a blast doing it and laugh the whole way we hope you've enjoyed the show if you did make sure to like rate and review and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram at Window Fishing.